Hi everybody, welcome to the Scuba Diver Magazine podcast. December has definitely fallen upon us. My Christmas tree is up and it's certainly getting cold out. Uh, definitely down in the uh, in the studio that I film in. Um, getting really cold. I had to have a hot water bottle the other day. But yeah, how how is everybody? Um, I'm doing quite well. Getting ready for the uh, the festive season. Yeah, let's let's dive straight in with the uh, the news. So the first news story that caught my eye this week is uh, is two unfortunate shark divers who in Florida back in 2020 they released 19 sharks and a Goliath grouper from a long line fishing line. Only now they're facing fines of up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars and five year prison sentences because technically it counts as stealing because they were basically damaging and removing commercial fishing gear in federal waters. So this is John Moore and Tanner Mansell, and they run a shark diving charter boat. And they were out, they'd gone for a dive, and then when they were either transitioning to a different location or returning back to shore, they came across a, um, a, a buoy in the water, and it had a, like, three-mile long fishing line in it and they have multiple hooks along this line and they took it upon themselves to recover this assuming that it was ghost gear unfortunately it turns out that it wasn't ghost gear at all it had recently been put there by someone who had had a license and was doing it all properly um so they spent a, a good few hours collecting this and releasing uh, several sharks that had already taken the bait um but because they contacted the um uh, the authorities and basically said oh yes by the way we're we're doing this we're we're collecting it um and um, the florida fish and wildlife conservation commission officer uh stopped moore's boat and basically said oh no, 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 this this is very, very illegal what you're doing here. Um, and because everyone else on the boat, all of the, the tourists were taking photos, which is now, of course, evidence. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to court. And I think it's like early February where the final decision is going to be going to be made but yeah basically yeah they're they're in in rather hot water after doing this and um yeah it just it's all very well and good removing ghost gear but of course yes you do have to make sure that it is ghost gear the um the wildlife commission officer basically said that no you can clearly see that it still has bait attached so it was put in quite recently and there's something to do with the boy. The boy had a specific, uh, it has the the fishing vessel's name on it. And the there were pictures of it when they come across it. And they it has the name on it and all that stuff. But then when the Florida um, Commission, Wildlife Commission officer turned up, the, the boy had mysteriously disappeared. Um, so it, it's all just a little bit. And actually, no, this is a um, quite quite bad news for these people. Um, the uh, the captain, he's an underwater photographer, freediver, and former commercial fisherman. So should know 
better. And the younger crew member who also helped out, who's also in hot water, uh, describes himself as a professional shark diver, cinematographer. He's actually worked as a, uh, a director of photography for both the Discovery Channel and National Geographic. So, yeah, very, very hot water. And it does go to like raise awareness of the, the flip side of collecting ghost gear. Just because there's fishing equipment in the water doesn't mean that you can just cut it up and uh, and remove it you, you do have to make sure that yeah it is actually lost or discarded you can't just find any fishing gear out there and just uh, remove it from the water because you know you can't get in some very hot water um they say that the um the actual cost of the equipment the uh, the long line that they that they removed is uh, is just over a thousand dollars and uh, the actual catch is several thousand dollars because yeah this is the the fisherman's livelihood um that they've just removed from the water um but yes should the um uh, the the judge, I don't know if it will go to a jury, but should the judge decide, uh, there could be fines upwards of two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and uh, and yet five year prison sentences each. Uh, so no, do be careful out there if you are collecting ghost gear. Just double check that it has been discarded and it's um and it's not new. The fact that the um that boy kind of went missing during the um the initial investigation kind of suggests that yeah maybe they were trying to hide or they knew that they were doing something wrong uh but anyway yeah if you are collecting ghost gear double checked it is actually ghost gear and not just fishing gear the next news story comes from the underwater explorers they put up a post the other day which basically says that helium prices are about to skyrocket but as if they haven't already that it's getting even worse so they say air liquid and um uh, and boc have increased the diving grade helium price by 200 percent this week and that's on top of existing increases earlier this year of five and twelve percent so it's gone up by five percent then up by twelve percent again and now in december it's going up by 200 percent uh boc has also stated that high prices may be subject to further adjustment at the end of the month so no no more deep diving uh for me uh the they they go on to say uh, underwater explorers goes on to say the good news is helium is still available for diving um because if you hadn't noticed or or if you don't know the uh, the whole helium situation helium there's a finite amount of helium on earth apparently and as we use it we we basically lose it so um yeah this this like the most recent helium shortage because every now and then they come across a um uh, like a, a helium pocket when they're digging for whatever um and um and yeah in in 2021 there's there's this new i think they call it helium shortage 4.0 by the sounds of it uh but yeah helium's getting pretty expensive and they go on to say on top of 
the cost of just the gas itself, both BOC and Air Liquide are implementing a surcharge ranging between £50 and £69 per J cylinder. So those are the big, big cylinders. Uh, you'd never go scuba diving with them. These are like the uh, the banks that we have in the back of the dive centre that we use to decant into smaller cylinders. Uh, so for each of those, it's costing a little bit extra each time for uh, for rental and delivery. So yeah, if you dive helium in uh, in any sense it's about to get a lot more expensive and it was already pretty expensive uh so yeah a lot of shallow diving in my future i perceive and also hollis announced a limited edition black edition of their katana 2 side mount bcd now it was two time with black friday i didn't mention it last week because i was just like oh, okay yeah it's it's now available in black um but i couldn't find any other new gear that's hit the shelves this week so i figured i'd dial back to it and yeah there is this the hollis katana 2 it's now in a completely matte black version so all of the embroidery all the stitching is in black so you've got hollis which is usually written in bright red is now in a, uh, in a black colorway as well as the um the stainless steel hardware all of the the d-rings and the uh, the tri-gliders all of the attachment points and the bolt snaps they now have a hard coated black pvd treatment so it's all matte black so it's all very stealthy uh, the dive industry is quite good for uh, for making black editions we see it on dive computers especially uh but yeah now there's a, a limited edition katana 2 i don't think i've seen how many they're making it might just be a handful and if it turns out to be really popular they'll just put it into regular uh, circulation but they um they say that yeah it's so pre-orders went out on uh, on black friday but if you go to the website it's up for $750 and it's uh, it's apparently out of stock or that might just be what the website says because they don't have physical tangible stock of it on the website yet. They might just be taking pre-orders, um, but yeah, it's got the um, the email notification. So if you want to be notified when it's back in stock, you pop your email in there and it will notify you. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a very modern style with uh, with side mount bcd so it's got the the hardened shell that's very flat up around your shoulders and then it tapers out down towards the uh, the lower section and you can you can adjust it you've got um like the quick fit system down the spine so you can adjust the uh, the torso length so it's just comfortable and it also uh, allows for a hry style harness configuration depending on what you prefer so yeah it's very customizable you can like disassemble it to a certain degree and uh, and re um uh, sort of put it back together how you like it uh but yeah if you're into your, your side mount diving and you do like the katana too but you don't like the the bright red of uh, of hollis then yeah maybe the uh, the katana 2 black if you can find one in stock i think they I think they're saying that some Hollis dealers have them in stock, um, but maybe when they run out, they they run out. So um, yeah, keep keep your eyes out, and uh, and if you do really want it, you, you might have to do a little bit of hunting for it. Yeah, as I said, that's about it that I could see from uh, from new dive gear on the shelves. Uh, but I, I am seeing the uh, the Apex DSX 
dive computer on a few more websites now um they they're still or i'm still waiting for a, a sample of that so i can do a an unboxing video for you wonderful divers out there um but yeah that's i'm seeing that more and more so dive centers are certainly getting stock and the uh, the apex thermic base layer the uh, the undersuit which is an all-in-one like base layer undersuit for your undersuit um and it's got a I think they call it a C zip, which is instead of having like a, a zipper all the way down your front or all the way down your back or some other like weird zipper, it's kind of diagonally down from one shoulder down to the center of your chest or it's zipperless. I, again, this is another, another one that I, um, yeah, zipperless design uh, is one that I haven't actually seen. So you kind of crawl in from the neck and then there's this extra flap that kind of goes diagonally over your shoulder to like seal it up so you don't get any cold patch across your chest um but yeah that's um i mean i'm wearing half of my fourth element j2 base layer uh, at the moment because it was particularly cold for the dog walk this morning so i threw on an extra layer and um it, it's just nice it just it means you don't have to turn the heating on quite as much because i know that's getting pretty expensive um so yeah di diving under suits are, are wonderful for uh, for keeping you warm day to day uh but yeah that's about it as far as new gear um but if i do spot anything i'll uh, i'll mention it in next week's show as far as videos being released, there are two videos, or there was one released on, I think it was Tuesday, which was Tiamat Treasures, uh, another small island in uh, in Malaysia, which uh, had some lovely, lovely uh, video that came with it. Um, but my, my main focus this week was on the 2023 dive show calendar. So I was going through all the different diving shows from around the world and basically listing when and where they are and how much they are and one thing that i was quite surprised at is just how little some dive show websites actually have on them because i was going to some of them and yes granted you you have like the date and the um uh, the venue where they're going to be but they don't tell you how much tickets going to be and they don't say who's going to be there or what you can see what you can do and that kind of surprised me uh so that I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just um, just just how they do it. But you go to somewhere, you look at like uh, Dima, the uh, the go diving show. You look at Boot. You look at their websites, and they got everything. They're like, right, here's who's coming. Here's who's been in like previous um, iterations. Here's where we're going to be. This is how much tickets are going to cost, and you can get like uh, early bird tickets and all that kind of stuff and uh, if you want to go for the whole week and whatnot it'll cost you this much and you can you, so they got literally everything and, and others are the complete polar opposite it's just a single page and it's just like yeah this is the such and such show um this is us uh but hey so that's was my main like focus um on Ask Mark Owens answering questions about uh, long hose routing with a, uh, a recreational BCD, which is a very interesting question because, yeah, if you don't, or if you're if you're just like renting a BCD out there, or if you only have a recreational BCD, I think in this instance the um, the diver they they had like a. Um, I think it was a, an X Deep Zen, but for whatever reason, they um, they had to get rid of it and then dive a, um, a Scuba Pro. Oh, what's the new one called? The Hydros BCD, and of course, you you can't fit like a either a, a, a light canister 
battery or a um, a hose retainer bar on the on the waistband because you got the integrated weight pockets. So how do you dive with a long hose primary donate and tuck that hose away? Because normally you hook it underneath something on your hip, and that way it's it's quick release and it it holds the hose in place especially like lighter braided hoses like Miflex hoses because especially like two meter long hoses they do tend to float away if they're not like held down but you don't want to use clips because clips then just they they get in the way and they um and they restrict it when you need to uh, when you need to donate it so um so yeah uh, the way that i tend to do it is i tuck the hose a lot like uh, a lot of bcds nowadays they have that little i think they just call it an octo pocket usually and yeah it, it you basically bend the hose and you push that section of the hose into that um, that slot and something very similar basically for um uh, for a recreational bcd just kind of tuck that hose underneath on the inside of your waistband if that makes sense and um and yeah you're you're good to go but um no that that was quite a uh, an interesting question and something that i did have to um uh sort of cover when i was strafe probably like year two or three diving when i got into long hoses and i was still on a, a recreational bcd and it was just like oh okay what what do I do with all this excess hose? And yeah, just kind of like tucked it underneath. And as long as it's not hooking underneath anything, you can still pull it freely. Uh, then yeah, that's that's kind of the the best that you can do. Uh, another question was they they were asking between two different regulators. They'd got some secondhand, um, and they they got a new set of regulators, and they they were just kind of wondering which which ones were better. It was uh, Apex. Uh, ds4 with 80x 40s and a, uh, a scuba pro uh, a mark 2 and a r295 regulator which they don't make anymore now it's just the mark 2 evo and the r195 is probably the newest version do they still make the 095 anyway the uh, the 295 with the mark 2 i actually we used to have those as pool uh school regulators and they're, they're lovely but um but for open water diving I, if I was given the choice between a, a DS4 and a Mark II, I'd probably go for the DS4 just for the the regulated layout because a Mark II is like a the the center of a, a wheel and spoke design, so the hoses kind of root out at sometimes awkward angles, and the uh, the DS4 is that like more upright ninety degree. Uh, like first stage design so you get like left and right hand hoses so it is a bit more functional uh does the ds4 have one or two i think it only has one high pressure hose because that was what the um uh the the oh, street the xl4 plus is uh is the first stage is based off of anyway so yeah i, I think i went down the uh the, the apex route with that but scuba pro uh, also wonderful wonderful regulators they they always make um, nice regs someone was asking about the cressy travel light bcd for someone who wants a, a jacket style travel bcd and yeah that really hits the nail on the head the uh, the cressy travel light yeah it, it's a it's a fine bcd it's not like the the fanciest of the fancy bcd but it's not trying to be uh it is a stripped down jacket bcd made to be light 
but comfortable at the same time. And Cressy, they know what they're doing when they're making BCDs. So yeah, I can definitely recommend the uh, the Travelite BCD. And they're also asking about the, the Mares 15X regulator. 15X is very much their like workhorse. Uh, as I call it, first stage, you, they get it on the, uh, is it the, the dual, the, the loop, the, uh, that, that vertical first stage and do they still make the Rover? So it's, it, it does the job is, it's fairly similar to the, uh, uh, to the DS4 from Apex, but yeah, it's, it's a good, tough regulator. I do like their 62X, the relatively new one, because that's a diddy little thing and um and it's got a nice breathe from it as well at least from um from the one that i was breathing or whatever second stage i had on that at the time um but yeah both both good good brands um someone else was asking about shore dives with a long surface swim with current and they were asking about swimming techniques for longer surface swims and i tend to for, for long surface swims i tend to swim on my back so the cylinders are downwards and as long as you like have a, a fairly decent sense of direction and you don't have one leg that's substantially more powerful than the other just kind of frog kick uh, will get you where you need to go but for raw power i tend to um like lay on my side because i actually did this during my um my instructor swims and I forget how many lengths you have to do or how many lengths I had to do in the in the swim pool. But I, I do them on my side because if you're face down in the water and you're on the surface, you end up every time your fin leaves the water, you're wasting a lot of energy. Whereas if you're on your side then both fins stay under the water and they're, they're at like maximum efficiency, as it were. Um, so I, for yeah. If I really need to get somewhere, fight some current or something, I tend to swim on my side. Uh, it may not work for for everybody. For for me personally, I find that I get more propulsion if I'm not on my side instead of splashing on the surface. And uh, and yeah, I remember my my staff instructor and someone else who was there, and um, they were like, "What? Why do you swim on your side?" And I explained it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that does make sense." Um, and this is coming from two who forgot how many lengths uh, I did, so they just asked me to do two more. So I was like, "Okay," because you're not allowed to lift your face out of the water. You're supposed to breathe from a, a snorkel, and I was counting in my head, and I figured that I'd done them, but they said, "No, no, no, do two more." So I was like, "Oh, okay, I must have, I must have mis misjudged it." So I did two more and came back, and um, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, but we we lost count, so uh, we just made you do two more just to be safe." And I was like, "Oh, fine." <clears throat> I clearly wasn't struggling with them, was I? Next question was on um, conservatism on. Um, uh, on dive computers and when when is right to change it because they were diving a garmin their dive guide was diving a cressy computer and they had different um like ndls most of that will come from garmin is running a, a bjorman algorithm i believe and the cressy is probably on a an rgbm from Sinto. so um so yeah that their algorithms are ever so slightly different, so you're probably going to get different NDLs, and you probably wouldn't have been on the exact same dive profile as the dive guide as well. Um, but to change like conservatism, as long as you understand what it's doing, then you can start to experiment 
because if you do it too early, then you could end up hurting yourself because dive computers aren't personal to you. The, the algorithms are set for the general public and some people might be more predisposed to decompression illnesses. Some people might be less so. And the, the overall conditions as well, the, the water temperature, the, um, how hard you're working on that, uh, that particular dive, uh, whether you're well hydrated, all that stuff, it all comes into the equation, but the dive computer has no idea whether you've had a drink or not. So it's, it's always worth being a little bit over cautious and just setting it up to be a bit more conservative you can adjust it as you start to understand like your gradient factors and things uh, when you understand what these numbers mean and how that can affect your dive profile then yeah you can start to experiment um but if you um if you don't then i i just leave it on like the factory settings and just keep it pretty conservative um and yeah, that's that's quite an interesting question. And there was one last one which was pretty um, pretty short, so I just threw it in the end. And that's how to properly clean a closed or a semi-closed DSMB, and whether you should like wash it on the inside and out. And it's the same with all dive gear. Is that yes, uh, if it's been in the ocean, clean it uh, on the inside and the out, especially if uh, if salt water's gotten to it, because the little microbes and the little nasties will get on the inside. So yeah, just with some normal like household detergent it doesn't have to be too aggressive unless you're diving somewhere particularly nasty um just give it a good sort of wash on the inside and the out with a, a closed cell dsmb you can actually unscrew the the purge valve the dump valve and you can just fill it up through there i think atomic is it atomic aquatics or is it Ziegel? it might be Ziegel. um oh no that goes through a different Sorry, with with Ziegel BCDs, you can actually unscrew the um, the inflator head, and then you can get a separate attachment to connect your corrugated hose to a like garden hose pipe. Um, but I'm I'm thinking of trying to put it through that um, that like BCD inflator nozzle that you get on DSMBs. I imagine there is something that connects from a hose pipe to that fitting, but. I don't know, probably not. The The easiest way is just through the dump valve. They're, they're usually screwed on hand tight. You can unscrew them yourself um, and then just flush it with a hose, put a bit of uh, light detergent in, give it a good slosh around, uh, let it drain completely and dry out completely because you don't want any water left on the inside and then screw that dump valve back into place. Make sure you're not cross-threading it and um and then yeah let it dry completely on the inside and the out and then you're good to uh, to put it away and um that was it for uh, for us mark so that will be on sunday and yeah the uh, the dive show calendar for 2023 i try i put it in chronological order so the first one is in paris and that's like the first week of january uh so if you're interested you need to like get that organized and get that sorted because you don't have much time left it's only a few weeks away but yeah that was my week and uh, and that's it 
So if you haven't, uh, head over to app.scubadivermag.com. That's our, uh, our digital version of our magazine. Uh, if you just want the an actual magazine, then you can just head over to scubadivermag.com and, uh, and sign up for a magazine subscription. Um, but yeah, check out all the things that we do, all the news stories and, uh, and gear reviews. Yeah, I've got some stuff with, uh, with Shearwater coming up and... Um, and that Apex DSX dive computer. I'm really hoping that um, that Apex Aqualung can uh, can get me a sample unit. I think there are rumours of um, of me being allowed to uh, actually take it on a dive. And I do. I, I have actually signed up for the uh, the HSE commercial course in uh, in April. So that will be good fun. But um, yeah, yeah. Stay stay tuned and uh, and head over to the website. That's um, that's it for another week. Thank you for listening, everybody, and of course, safe diving. Mm-hmm.